la 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 Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Ready Set Stream Gilmore Girls Edition. We are going over season one, episode eleven. Paris is burning. Is something funny, Mark? Yes. We're having a rough go of it, people. <laughs> Trying to get this started. But you can like, rate, subscribe, share, comment, and where we lead, you can most assuredly follow us at the links below. Oh no! Don't leave them hanging. You got to tell them what you're laughing at. We're trying to get this up and running. Believe us. It's a struggle. The struggle is real, people. We've started and stopped four times, and there's been much cussing involved. Uh, mainly because I've kicked us off four times now, incorrectly. Yes, the and, yes, but we're going now. We're good to go. So uh, you want to start? Paris isn't the only one burning people. Let me yeah. just tell you right now. We want to start with an email that we received. This is from Jana T. Jana writes. Hi, just want to tell you that I really liked your podcast. In the beginning, I had to get used to it a little bit because you two talk over each other a lot. Yes, we tend to do that. (laughs) We do. (laughs) I got a little bit used to that. What I really like is that you go through the episodes so detailed. I love to follow the episodes so tight. Now I understand some of the jokes much better. I also really like the positive vibe. There are other podcasts out there, but some of them are a long row of complaining about this and that in the series. Things that are not realistic, how people act and so on there are some that are mainly very negative in your podcast you just feel that you really like the show for what it is and you like the characters love that positivity thanks and please continue well we do try we do (laughs) and it does grow on you the show i thought that was a very nice email i do truly appreciate that i do too it was very very nice a lot to us so shout out to Jana for taking the time just to write us that because i mean everybody just to take time out of your schedule and what you're doing to send something like that yes we do it's need more feedback yeah and we are trying to get better as well not talk over each other. yeah we really are we and are i'm really trying are. to find my place as where the show is and yes mark has been doing a whole lot better yeah at keeping containing myself containing himself and putting his comments into the right places and stuff so staying on point staying on point yes yeah, yeah. exactly all right so we're gonna get going so Alrighty. this is season one as i said episode 11 called paris is burning i doubt that they're talking about paris France. So I can only assume that we're going to see a lot of Paris Geller <laughs> and the fact that she is a burning doesn't bode well for the show. She tends to be hot most yeah, of the time anyways. Yeah. But I think that she's going to be a little bit hotter than usual on this one. So. Oh no. This starts out with Lorelai and Rory walking down the street in the town and they are playing a little game where one of them says an alphabetical letter and the other has to come up with a sickness that starts with that letter. Then they take turns and swap off. So Rory goes, goes to N and and, of course, Lorelai says, narcolepsy. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's funny. That's her nickname for Dean. And yours for me. Yeah. <laughs> then you give the other person the a next go, letter, yeah. and it's their yeah. turn to go. This so reminds me of our name game that we play when we're on road trips. You know the name game? Yes. You say a famous person's name, and the person with the last letter goes next, and so forth and so on. Like I'd say, for example, Harrison Ford. And, and you would say, I would have to take the first letter of the last person's name, Ford. Yes. And I I would, the my name would have to begin with an F, so I could say Frank Sinatra, for example, and then it would be an S to Mark, yeah. and he would have to come up with. And someone. I would go blank yeah. because she tends to win those games. I will tell you, I'm very good at that game. <laughs> I've been known to carry on that game with a person for 
weeks, actually. Yeah. And they've gotten so stuck that they've had to come back, and then eventually they did come back, and I, I do believe, however, that Googling was involved. But I will say their version is much harder. Yeah, I think that's pretty hard. Yeah. Coming up with sicknesses that all yeah. they begin with the alphabet. Elements, yeah, yeah. infirms. Yeah. Well, so anyway, Rory gets to the point where she gives Lorelai a P. Well, of course, Lorelai is supposed to come up with a sickness that starts with P, but instead, all of a sudden, she gasps and she goes, puppies! And she <laughs> runs across the street. Rory's like, well, that's not a disease. And then she looks to see where Lorelai went. She goes, oh boy. And she starts mm-hmm. running after that's her. That's like ADHD. So, <laughs> yeah. So what it is, is it's a bunch of dogs out in the main square. They're in cages and it's, I think it's petfinder.com yeah. or, or one of those pet doctor dog, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Lorelai is making over all of the dogs, sweet talking them, all of that stuff. Basically, just like me whenever I see a dog. This is so true because this reminds me <laughs> of a story. Oh, Lord. How, yeah. There's a gajillion stories of me and dogs. Yeah, well, around here, our malls used to have stores called Pass Pets. Yes. And I'd work nights and I'd get a call. You and your daughter would be out. and Or me and my mom. Yeah, either one. I'd get a call. Oh, there's the sweetest dog. And I'd be like, oh, God, here we go again. And then a few <laughs> nights later, get another call. What shall we name it? And I'd be like, name what? <laughs> you had already had the dog at the house. Yes. Now, whether it be, I'm glad those stores went out of business. I am too. But there's also. Because I think also, they were run by puppy mills. And I didn't know that yeah, at the time. There's also adoption where our daughter had a dog. And I was groomed at the time. And she said, here, groom this dog so I'll help it get adopted. Two days later, it was our dog. Yeah. <laughs> it got adopted by us. And yeah, it's it and, stayed in our lives forever. But he was a great dog. Yes, Silver. And yes. American Eskimo. And yes. also, now, since that is gone by the wayside, there's the internet. And yes. I will get this. Oh, you got to see this chihuahua. And we, <laughs> we must have the, oh, and let's get two. Uh, this better deal. No. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have been known to do that. <laughs> our current little uh, chihuahua Frodo, we found him on the internet. And I just kept going back to his cute little picture. I was like, that dog is mine. It's mine. <laughs> I tell you. And Dad was on there for like two or three weeks. And I just couldn't let go of it. And I finally told Mark, I said, I, I need this dog. It's much like when you see a car. It's us. It's me. Yes. It's, <laughs> I don't but, feel that hey, way. <laughs> was I right about that dog or what? Yes. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back on track here. <laughs> yeah. Lorelai is at this point going on and on about how cute the dogs are. She's reading the dog, you know, the tag card that's on one of the cages. Rory starts reading with her and all about what the dog is like. And Lorelai's like, oh, Buttercup was found cold and wet, hovering under a hydrangea bush along Highway 26. <laughs> it's a sad highway. And Rory says, as compared to all the other, a happy highway she could have been abandoned by. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. And Lorelai just continues to read off of its lineage, which includes Cocker Spaniel, Golden Retriever, Rottweiler, among others. Yeah. None of which look anything like the dog. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And then Rory reads, Buttercup is a special dog. She's extremely skittish, tends to react badly towards blonde-haired females, brunette <laughs> males, children of either sex, other animals, red clothing, cabbage, or anyone in a uniform. Or anyone. That's the key yeah. phrase. <laughs> uh-huh. At that moment, Luke walks up to them and Lorelai says, Hey, we just found the doggy version of you. <laughs> you know you know what that reminded me of? What's Buttercup's that? face. What's you know that? those ASPCA commercials oh my gosh. with Sarah McLaughlin? Oh my gosh. Arms of an angel. And you're like, I can't watch it. Turn it. Turn it. They all look so sad. They do. I can't stand to see it. Abused and stuff. Honestly, people, if I could adopt every dog in the world. Yes, we would take them all. We would take them all. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. Apparently so. We have a zoo. 
we do. We have a lot of dogs. Yeah, and we love them all. We love them all. And honestly, I just, I would take every dog in the world. Yes. I would that needed a home. Most definitely. Uh, but I will tell you this. I could never work or volunteer at a humane society or any place like that because I don't think I would have the right emotional stability uh, for it. I would totally. Yeah. Well, you had to put them down. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, no. Well, the struggle was real even grooming because they'd come in. We had this dog. And I was like, do you want a schnauzer? Do you want to Remember, I'd always ask yeah, yeah. And then, luckily, they'd find somebody. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we need another one. I could practice on them. <laughs> So, a man walks up at that point and tries to help them, but Luke warns the guy not to let Rory and Lorelai anywhere near a dog <laughs> because they can barely feed themselves. Yeah. And Lorelai protests and Rory chimes in, but after Lorelai starts really talking about what all they would do for and with the dog, Rory jumps in and reminds her about Skippy. Oh, no. And Luke says, Skippy? And Lorelai says, I can't believe you would bring up <laughs> Skippy. And so then Rory proceeds to tell Luke a story about a hamster that they used to have. Just as Lorelai <laughs> says he doesn't care. Luke asks to know what happened to Skippy. He does care. <laughs> he does care. So Lorelai rushes Inquire to minds want to know. <laughs> yes. Lorelai rushes to explain that nothing happened to him. But Rory's not letting her get away with that. And yeah. she says that every time Lorelai would put her hand in the cage, Skippy would bite her. <laughs> Lorelai says, and he would laugh. Yeah. And Luke says, hamsters can't laugh. Hmm. Lorelai said, oh, this one laughed. Trust me. Rory says that she finally got fed up. And he said by being laughed at by a hamster. <laughs> and she says, well, yeah. <laughs> and Rory says she stopped cleaning its cage. Oh, God. She said, and she would instead just put Kleenex in it every day. And Luke was like, you didn't. <laughs> and with a big smile on her face, like, what? You know, she's got that smile on her face, like, what, who, me? You know? <laughs> she says back to him, it was a quilted kind. You know, like, putting a quilted kind of Kleenex <laughs> in there every day was going to be better, you know? Tampering, yes. Right. And Rory said it went on for a while until the cage was full of Kleenex, and the smell was not really very good. So she then took the cage where they bought it from and left it on the counter when the salesperson went in the back and then she bolted. And Luke's like, you abandoned your hamster. And Lorelai says, look, I know it was bad, but this was a vicious, vicious hamster. This was like a Damien hamster with beady <laughs> eyes and a big forked tail and a cape and a hood and bye-bye buttercup. <laughs> bye, <Yeah>. Luke. <laughs> so she realized she hasn't done herself any good. Better here, judgment yeah. rolled out. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> so Rory says she did the right thing and Lorelai just says that she wants a pet. And Rory says, you've got me, you know, and <laughs> Lorelai's like, yes, but you won't bring me my slippers in the morning. And so they kind of banter back and forth about okay. how she might bring her slippers if Lorelai had any slippers. And she asks Rory if she'll wear a collar, and she throws in that oh, it will God. be pink. Yeah. And Rory says, you're sick. Yeah, let's move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai's like, well, hey, you know, watch how you talk to me. Remember what happened to Skippy? Oh, God. I was like, yeah. Poor Skippy. I just thought the whole <laughs> scene here with the hamster was so funny. But you know, it reminded me of a story about our old dog, Frodo. Yeah. When he was still alive. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, We yeah. were babysitting my niece's hamster. And we had brought him into our bedroom. And our dog, Frodo, was up on the bed. And I was kind of sitting at the end of the bed because Mark had the hamster cage on our dresser, like right in front of the bed. And he had taken an empty toilet paper roll and he was letting the hamster crawl through the roll into his hand over and over and over again. Because yeah. right. our niece said that the hamster loved to do that. Oh yeah, they all do. So what did our dog do? This was the most insane thing. He watches it for a second. He jumps off the bed, goes into the bathroom. Apparently he knows where we put our empty toilet paper rolls. Trash can. In the trash can. He knows what that is. Because here he comes back, jumps back up on the bed. He has got an empty toilet paper roll in his mouth. And he looks up And at he us. starts yeah. looking at us and flipping it up and down 
gun in the air. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Jealous. Much. He was jealous and he's trying to tell us to play with him. I can play too. Yeah. I will never yeah, forget yeah. that he story. He wanted our attention. Yes. And yeah, I love Frodo. Yeah, I love yeah. so much. That was a great but story. I've had several hamsters throughout my life and my sister had one that most of them I get along with, but my sister's, I guess she, she took after her because I put my finger in there. Ooh, Lord. Bit now, down and I raised ooh, my hand up. Blood and flu. where's the hamster? Look up and it's still attached. Oh my gosh. And I finally got the hamster to release and blood was spurting out of my finger all over the place. Oh my God. Yeah, so that was a little bit of a Damien hamster too. Well, we did have <laughs> one very nice hamster. Yeah. And it was named Sir Hamelot. And he was a dwarf hamster. I think if you get the dwarfs, they're nicer. Yeah. Um, they were they're, they call them dwarf hamsters. Yeah, I hamsters. have one named Gizmo. He was great. Oh, they're very sweet. This little guy was such a deer. Yeah. Oh, I loved him. So back on track. Sorry, Skippy. Yep, sorry, Skippy. <laughs> In the next scene, we are at Max Medina's apartment and Lorelai's there and he's cleaning dishes and things at the sink while Lorelai is sitting up on the counter eating out of a pot. And Max starts questioning her about how just a few moments ago she was sitting at a dinner table with candles and flowers, plates and things. <laughs> and she only ate a few bites but now she's eating again like she's starving. And Lorelai's like, what can I say? Watching someone work makes me hungry. If I hadn't stopped watching the old house, I'd be 500 pounds right now. Yeah, <laughs> that I, doesn't necessarily make me hungry but when I watch people work, it relaxes me and it puts every, me in a state. Yeah. And I'd like to have a nice rest. Don't yeah, I? everything makes you want to have a nice rest. Well, I am narcolepsy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm beginning to wonder. You, you are quite that way. Yeah. So they start talking about his skills in making Asabuco and how he learned it from an old Italian woman who'd lost her husband a couple of years before, looked upon him like he was a son. And Lorelai says, <laughs> so an old girlfriend, huh? Yeah. And Max is like, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so right. I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. So while he's getting her coffee, she walks over to his desk and asks if he's read Rory's paper yet. And when he says no, she mentions how good it is. And she says, oh, and look, it's right on top. And Max is like, isn't that a coincidence? And she's like, wow, there are some really big words in here. I just hope you have a dictionary with you when you read it. She says, you know, I could just save you the time and put an A on it for you. And Max says, well, that really wouldn't be fair to the other students whose mothers aren't here tonight, would it? And Lorelai's like, yes, you're right. Although life isn't fair. And the sooner those other kids learn that, the better. (laughs) I thought that was, it was a funny interchange, but I did think it was a tad unfair of her not sure if she was seriously trying to take advantage of their, their relationship to get her daughter a good grade, but it did kind of seem that way. But at the same time, you can never tell every time Lorelai's really making a joke or not. But knowing Lorelai, she knows Rory can make a good grade without help. So I have a feeling she was just joking there, but... Well, is she definitely a conflict of interest. But it is, is she, a conflict is of she interest flirty, a little bit. Or is she serious? We might never know. So, <laughs> right, right. We may never know. So she turns around she starts looking at his books and she's like wow these are beautiful books never read Proust before always wanted to every now and then I'm seized with an overwhelming urge to say something like as Marcel Proust would say but of course I have no idea what Marcel Proust would say so I don't even go there I could do uh, as Michael Crichton would say but it's not exactly the same you know so Max tells her you know he'd take the book but she says it looks so valuable but he's like you know books are meant to be read so she starts to sit down and read and he's like not now 
And he goes over and he starts kissing her and moving her toward the bedroom. So she's flirting around with him, pretending to be a student, calling him Mr. Medina, you know, and so she's kind of really into this. I thought it was kind of a really cute scene, but the part that stuck out to me the most was the part about books being meant to be read. Because yeah. I'm a huge reader. I'm much like Rory. I love to read, but I'm really particular about my books. I like to have them look like I never even cracked the spine. Uh, <laughs> I like them to just look, I'm very careful with them when I read them because I want them to remain new looking. I've been known if I loved a book enough to go and buy an extra copy just so that way I could have one to read and then one to keep because if a book is really, really good, I'm going to reread it over and over again. Well, and I don't want it to fall apart. So I, I try to keep an extra copy. <laughs> well, you could give that extra copy to me because we've been watching Never Have I Ever a lot and I'm much like Paxton when he gave Davy that book and she cracked it open and never been open. It actually cracked <laughs> yeah. when she opened it. Yes. So your book would be safe with me. <laughs> if you guys have not watched that show Never Have I Ever, <laughs> just watch it. And yes, it is a little teen 30 minute sitcom, teen teenagers, etc. <laughs> and we are let's just say much, much, what? much older than teens. Oh, but yeah. I don't care. You're keeps not, you not young at too, heart. Yeah, it keeps but you young at heart. John McEnroe from our day makes that show. Oh yeah, he's great. He narrates the <laughs> yeah. show and he's great. Anyway, so scene three, we cut to Lorelai sneaking in with her shoes in hand, thinking that she's probably going to be able to get to her room. But Rory is actually waiting on the couch and asks her, where do you think you're going? It's one o'clock in the morning. And Lorelai's like, I know, but my watch stopped during a terrible car wreck and I had to save kittens and small children and four baby chicks. I love the role reversal here. I think it's just really cute. Yeah, I don't think it would be a similar situation if Rory was coming in at one. No, not so much. No, I think there would have been a lot of anger there, much like the 5 a.m. scene yeah, in the previous yeah. episode. Yeah, But it's I just funny so. that she let her off so easy. She did. she is the mother, after all. So, well, I'm confused, right. though. Who's the mother? Who's, Who's the child? Well, Where are yeah. your parents? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So Rory asks her if she had a nice time, and she says, not bad. As Lorelai sits on the couch, Rory comments that she's wearing a pretty big smile for a night that was just not bad. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai mentions that he loaned her a book, and like, it's the book is the reason why that she had the good <laughs> night. Yeah. Okay. But she mentions that the book was Swan's Way by Proust. Well, it's a big book. Yeah, right. <laughs> And Rory says, aren't we ambitious? And Lorelai says, yes, we are. And Rory says, you know what it means when a man loans you a book, don't you? And Lorelai says that he's already read it. And Rory's like, yep. Yeah. So Lorelai asks how her night was. And Rory's like, homework. Just one word. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Homework. That says it all. And Lorelai's like, how many times did Dean call? And she says, not that many. And she says, how many? And she goes, three. And she looks over at Lorelai. Mm -hmm. She says, five. Yeah. So Lorelai laughs. And it's like, not an all time high, but very respectable. So apparently Dean calls quite a bit. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. what's your number, that movie? Uh -huh. You always add like three or four, five yeah, uh -huh. on top of it. So she says she's going to bed, and Rory says she's going to stay a while, since she's comfortable and has the pillows in a perfect mushed position. And Lorelai kisses her goodnight and says that she's going. And Rory's like, yeah, you just go think about what you've done. And Lorelai <laughs> has got this big smile on her face, and she says, I will. Uh -huh. But Rory stops and tells her that, that she looks happy. Yeah. And Lorelai says, I am, kid. And Rory <laughs> said, just checking. So I thought that was just really sweet, that whole yeah. scene. Next scene we have is Mr. Medina's class, and he's like reading a verse from one of Emily 
Emily Dickens poems and talking about how she wrote so convincingly about passion considering that she lived as a recluse and then he lets the class go and at that point you know it's Paris's minions are getting up and Madeline is saying you know she could listen to him talk about passion all day and she wonders if he's dating and Louise is like of course he is and the two just kind of start a debate about whether his girlfriend would be a teacher and Louise doesn't think so and kind of slams female teachers in the looks department but says that male teachers can still be mysterious and she figures whoever his girlfriend is is probably dumb and uh, she says dumb girls crave smart men it's that whole Marilyn Monroe Arthur Miller syndrome and Madeline says I still think she's lucky and Paris is like whoever he's dating is a loser who doesn't care that he's a teacher in this ridiculous school making ridiculous teacher salary and to Rory she looks at and she says what are you looking at and she walks off yeah. so she's already in a really ticky mood right now well she's dealing with things she's a little butt hurt but I don't think that's fair to Marilyn Monroe no. to call her an idiot no. she had a lot going on upstairs believe me to get where she was at that time and in her circles who she ran with and to end up with Arthur Miller says something to her I will say that the circumstances surrounding her death were suspect at best now back to your point though about Marilyn Monroe I do believe that people are very unfair to her in the smarts department because let me tell you mm -hmm. what people need to realize is that she was playing roles yeah a lot of her roles were typecast typecast yeah. and they were to play bubbly airheaded blonde type ditzy, caricatures yeah. of, a, of a ditzy blonde yeah. you know what I mean stereotypical a stereotypical yeah. caricature because of that I think it gave people the idea that that's how she was in real life that speaks to her acting she's ability. not she, she wasn't well. that way and just because you're blonde doesn't make you dumb she played it well she did play it very well for people to truly <laughs> walk away from watching her in a movie and think that well she, that she was dumb you know because yeah. she really wasn't and that happens a lot people think of certain actors like mean or oh or shoot ditzy there's or, this one know? there was this one lady Jean Tierney and it was a movie called Leave Her to Heaven and she played the most horrid evil mean woman in this movie and in an interview she said that people strangers would come up to her on the street and slap her in the face yeah. because apparently she had played that role so well that they actually thought that that's how she was in real life yeah. and they would come and slap her in the face for it it's can like, you imagine it's like heels in wrestling if you if you do it well you'll get run out of town yes <laughs> don't forget these Pitch people <laughs> these people are just playing a yeah. role you know that's not how they are in real life and well in, in and, most cases and usually the meanest characters are the nicest people yeah like they say that Rachel McAdams that played Regina George and Mean Girls yeah that she's one of the sweetest people that you could ever meet I wonder if it's the other way around too yeah well it makes you think don't it it does it does <laughs> so anyway Louise says guess someone read the paper today and Madeline's like I know Paris's parents divorce is getting very ugly <laughs> so Louise mentions that her dad should have paid her mom everything she wanted and he could have avoided the whole thing when they bump into Rory they both say hi and Madeline keeps talking about Paris and asking if her mom had the entire back of her body surgically reconstructed <laughs> Good Lord. and Louise is like well it doesn't match the front now does it so <laughs> I don't know these these two obviously know the deets of pretty much everything that goes down in this school but especially about Paris so we find out from this conversation that the already tensed out and volatile Paris has family troubles going on and probably has been for some time. Her parents are going through a messy divorce and that kind of speaks to the title of the episode. It's making more sense now that we, you know, there's going to be some <laughs> explosions coming from Paris yeah, here I, shortly. I'm really starting to like these two minions. I do you too. Know, you know, 
Louise and Madeline. Or, I don't always agree yeah. with everything they say. Yeah, but. they're they're starting to become more like the Patties and Babettes of yes, Chilton. They, they love are. a good gossip boy. They are kind of like the Patties and Babettes of <laughs> Chilton. And, and I will say they're kind of actually nice to Roy in passing. Actually, they are. Yeah. Especially when Paris isn't around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're getting tired of this whole Paris drama. They're yeah. Over it. So, our next scene, we have the Gilmore House, obviously, Friday night dinner. Emily is asking how the squab is. And Rory says that it's good. And then Emily starts questioning Lorelai about the squab. And she says, best tiny weird bird I've ever eaten. <laughs> like, like she made it, though. Like, that always gets me. And uh, Emily's like, I'm glad. <laughs> and she's like, why are you smiling like that? And Emily's like, well, what are you talking about? She says, you're smiling. She says, I'm happy. And she says, that's not your I'm happy smile. <laughs> Emily says, what smile is is it, Lorelai? And she says, that's your I've got something on Lorelai smile. <laughs> and Emily just, you know, she tells Roy that her mother must be very tired. And Roy agrees <laughs> that she does work a lot. But then Lorelai <laughs> is not letting this go. She's insisting that she grew up with that smile and <laughs> she knows what it means. Emily ignores her and asks Roy about school. And she mentions her French final went well. And Lorelai busts in <laughs> with, you can change the subject. I know the smile. <laughs> and Emily says, whatever you say, dear. Ugh, <laughs> oh, I find it infuriating when people do that. It's so condescending. I hate that. She knows that smile well. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? She's not wrong. No, no. <laughs> as we continue on, you will find out. Yeah. She is very much right and has her mother pegged. And she apparently does recognize that smile very well. And she says, um, I've used it a few times myself. Yes, indeed. And Rory just says her name like, Mom. You know, like she's asking her to please drop it in a nice way. <laughs> and Emily asks about Parents' Day. To which Lorelai immediately reacts and asks, what? And she said, Parents' Day? Next Wednesday? Uh-huh. When all the parents are supposed to go to the classes with their children all day long? Lorelai says, the Chilton newsletter came out today. <laughs> and Rory, of course, agrees that it did. So now Lorelai knows exactly what's up. And Emily confirms it when she says, you didn't read yours. And and Lorelai just says, you know, she hasn't read it yet. She says, but you knew that. Hence the smile. <laughs> and she says, Lorelai, you're being silly. There's no mm. evil plan afoot here. I simply brought up a subject I thought we could all talk about. And she says, I'll try another subject. The color blue is very pleasant, isn't it? Right. And Lorelai's like, Mom, not everybody can wait outside the mailbox for the Chilton newsletter <laughs> to revive and then instantly memorize the contents in three seconds. And Roy's like, I'd like to weigh in on the color blue subject, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't I thought that was funny. Yeah. And Emily says, you have your priorities far, be it for me to question them. And Lorelai says, just because I don't read the newsletter doesn't mean I don't care about my daughter. So Emily just asks if she's going. Lorelai's like, what? Emily's like, to parents' day. And she says, why don't we talk about it next Friday when I've actually read the newsletter? I guarantee it'll be more fun. <laughs> and uh, Emily, of course, says that they could accept, expect that parents' day is next uh, Wednesday. And if they talk about it Friday, then you've missed it. And Rory tries to interject the she doesn't need to be there, but Emily makes things worse by saying, I guess we can talk about how you missed it. <laughs> so Lorelai promises that she's not going to miss it. Rory says that she knows that her mom is busy and it's not a big deal, but Emily says, you know what? I'll go. She says, <laughs> why not? You have to work. I, as you have insinuated, have no life. Therefore, I will go sit with Rory at Parents' Day. And Lorelai says, I'm not busy. I'm going. I will yeah. be there. That's it. End of story. Okay? And Emily's like, fine. And she's like, fine. So this is getting to be a thing with them. In scenes with them, the whole fine, fine, fine thing. Yeah. Have you noticed that? But Emily is using this type of thing to play the mother in all things Rory related, I feel. Any opportunity that she can take to try to play the mother in the role with oh, yeah. Rory. She's inserting herself into that situation. So she she goes on and she says, did you read on page two about the mother-daughter talent 
show. And Lorelai chokes on her food. <laughs> and Rory asks, are you okay? And she has this little smile on her face. Uh, well, yeah. you know, Emily does have a point there. Lorelai should keep up with the going zone of Chilton and the newsletter and all that. Well, you know, I think she probably does. Well, I mean, it's just like well, she said. You don't go rushing right out and pull it out of the mailbox as soon as it gets well, there. She and tends read to it let cover her to cover. mail sit there. But anyways, yeah, Roy doesn't give Lorelai a heads up anyway. You know, that's a I'm good gonna point. I'm going to have to pin that on Roy on that one. <laughs> that's true. Why does Rory let her get set up for these kinds of confrontations? You know. Why didn't she mention this to her mother? That way her mother would not be taken <laughs> off guard. I suspect Rory has a little enjoyment going on there. That's her form of dinner entertainment. entertainment. Yes. Uh, Although she feigns that she'd like to change the subject. Inside she's smiling with delight. Well, she ends on a smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway. She's suspect there. The next scene is at Lorelai's house and Rory is rushing around. And they're talking about how it's almost eight and she has to go. And Lorelai is frantically asking if, you know, Rory has seen her orange suede clippy thing. And Rory's like, top right hand drawer. And she's like, it's not there. Did you check your purse? Yes. Under your scarves? Yes. In your sock drawer. And that's where she finds it. So she tells Rory that she loves her. <laughs> oh, I found it. I love you. And there's two things here. I think that their interaction here is extremely funny. Rory is the organized one. She knows just where her mom's things might get lost to. But I think it's funny, though, that in business, it's ironic that Lorelai is always so well organized. It's only with her personal life that she's a little flaky. And the second thing about this is that this is the first time I can remember ever hearing Lorelai tell anyone that she loves them. Am I right? I believe so, but I don't know if that was a deep I love you. It might have been more of a surface I love you because she was just thinking kind of like oh, you found, yeah like oh you found my thing i love you yeah so it, it wasn't a real wasn't on a you. deeper level i don't believe it is still the first time i've ever heard yes. those words out of her mouth and i will be watching for that we've talked before about how it's very rare that you hear lorelei tell anyone that she loves them in this show all yeah. seven seasons well i'm still waiting for richards i guess we should count that one whether it was yeah or in not passing yeah. or not yeah. but yet again we see the role reversal of mother daughter yeah rory's the mother here it's kind of funny it is funny yeah so rory says she's leaving but lorelei halts her and asks her simply blue disco sequent bag and rory's like <laughs> no she says why rory back and lorelei's like really and she says bye and she's like bye but wait 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 and she says mom come on mr mcadena is gonna be here any minute she says okay but just <laughs> tell me one more thing where's the silver dangly bracelet and rory's like i'm wearing it why are you wearing it she says because it's mine lorelei's like oh right hey can i borrow your silver dangly bracelet and she's like i'll leave it on the table for you you know so i thought this was cute i remember when my daughter and i used to kind of borrow some of each other's things at times and that kind of that just just brought not the sweater right uh, no <laughs> no no um but it just kind of brought some memories back for me i thought that was stay away nice. from the favorite sweater people. yeah stay away from the favorite <laughs> sweater so rory heads towards the door just as the doorbell rings and lorelei is questioning that and rory's explaining it's the doorbell Uh-oh. and lorelei's like why did it ring and it's like <laughs> rory's having to explain to her why a doorbell would ring the camera flashes to outside the door where you can see max standing there and he can hear every word that's being said inside and this is so funny to me because she's at that moment explaining it's eight o'clock who shows up at eight o'clock for an eight o'clock date and rory's like i don't know maybe a children teacher yeah somebody who's punchable yeah and respectful yeah i'm 
I'm on Max's side on this. I, but anyways, I am on Max's but side anyways, on this yeah, as well. Go ahead. And Lorelai says, everybody knows 8 o'clock means 8.20, 8.15 tops. <laughs> no. And uh, Rory's like, well, obviously he was raised in a barn. And Lorelai says, I tell you, he's cute, but his punctuality thing has knocked 10 points off the dream guy quotient. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, Mom, what do I do? I'm not even supposed to be here. She says, okay, so go. But when Rory starts to leave, Lorelai pulls her back and says she can't <laughs> because she has to get the door because she's not ready yet. Yeah. And Rory says she's not supposed to get the door that they agreed on that. And she doesn't get the door when Lorelai has a date. And Lorelai's obviously already going back on this. So yeah. they've made an agreement well, Roy's, Lorelai's going back. Roy's the mom again in the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Rory's like, I'm not supposed to be here. That's the first rule of the Gilmore dating handbook. Daughter shall be nowhere near house when said man materializes. <laughs> it's a gr- good rule. It's been working. Yeah. And Lorelai says, okay, but he is standing out there and it's cold and my (laughs) slip is now completely stuck in my skirt zipper and they'll have to bury me like this. (laughs) Now, bear in mind, Max can hear every single word of this and is making funny faces at the door. Yeah, I loved his reactions. His reaction, especially when they're talking about the punctuality part. Oh my God. He goes toward the door, then he brings his hands back. Yes. But honestly, I have to say, I am. I, I agree with you. I really believe punctuality is is a virtue it when is it respectful. comes to it. Is respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, though, Lorelai runs back upstairs, and Rory finally answers the door. And it's normal for the lady to make the gentleman wait. That is little, true. While she's getting finishing, he up. needs to show up on time, yeah. and then she makes him wait. Yeah, that's right. exactly how it was. So Rory lets him in, but then awkwardness ensues. You know, they're both clearly not sure how to act in this situation. Rory is being uber polite, offering him water, which he declines. <laughs> That's all they have. And she says, it's not bad water, actually. I mean, it's not a funny color or anything. And he says, he's good, though. But she keeps going and asking if he wants bottled water. And then then she admits that they only have one. And she says they really needed to go to the store. Yeah, like the mom again. Yeah. And I was just thinking that because these two never eat or drink anything that isn't takeout. It kind of reminds me of us. Well, they're anti-dish like me. I don't like doing the dishes either. We already been over that. Right. So they chat a little bit awkwardly while, he, you know, he asks her her plans for the evening and she says she's going out to dinner in a movie with Lane, her friend, but they're still uncomfortable. And both of them kind of look up the stairs wishing that Lorelai would come down. And finally, Max just faces it and says, this is a little uncomfortable. And Rory <laughs> says, yes, it is. Awkward. And Max is like, but the thing is, if things go well, the way I hope they're going, then we might be doing this again. Uh-huh. And Rory says, sitting uncomfortably. <laughs> I yeah. just thought that was so funny that she called it back out, too. Yeah. That, that was hysterical. Tit for tat, though. And he, he laughs, <laughs> and he says, seeing each other outside of school. Yeah. And she says, that's okay. I'm fine with this whole you and my mom thing. So she gets up to leave and calls him Mr. Medina, and when she says it's nice to see him, and he offers to let her call him Max outside of school. But Rory doesn't exactly think that she can do that. She thinks it's kind of disrespectful somehow and a little confusing. So he says that they can make up non-Chilton names. Like he'd call her Rebecca. And she says and she could call him Norman. And he looks a bit weird about that. (laughs) About that name and asks, you know... Does she really think he looks like a Norman? Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry, Psycho was on earlier, and it was just the first name that came to mind. (laughs) She said, I'll think of something else. How about Alfred? And he says, "Uh, no, Norman is fine. He says he loves that, and uh, he'll make it a legal change. (laughs) (laughs) Make it official. Yeah, he'll make it official. So she asks him to give the bracelet to her mom, and then she starts to leave, but then she stops, and she says, oh, and Norman, have her home by 10. So one thing I liked about the scene is that Rory held her own. You know, this is 
some person of authority at her school. And even though it was awkward and uncomfortable for both of them, I like that she held her own with him and was able to kind of carry on a conversation. But he was also uncomfortable, which I thought was refreshing because he's always so confident, you know, and aggressively so. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I like kind of seeing a different side to him. Treading a little lightly. Though. Yes. And But do you think that bodes well for a lasting involvement that he's uncomfortable just around Rory? Or do you think that's something that'll eventually go away if they continue to date and he continues to be around Rory a lot more? That's the big question, isn't it? Will they continue to date? <laughs> That's neither here nor there, but I'm going to have to do it to you. What? I feel a little bit like Jerry Seinfeld here. <laughs> What's the deal with Rory watching these horror movies? What's the deal with you going to watch <laughs> horror movies or being taken to horror movies when you were three years old? Hello. Well, well we're going to get to that, but I do have a little guilty pleasure with horror films. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do think it is fitting that she would equate the movie Psycho to Max. <laughs> I never even drew that correlation. Wow. Because, uh, oh my gosh. He is kind of passive aggressive in the, his pursuit of, you know, we all go a little mad sometimes, but. <laughs> and you're referencing Scream, which no, I didn't know. Maybe Scream. That's actually Norman Bates. And they, Scream got it from him. Oh, I didn't know we that. We all go a little mad sometimes. It's been so long since I've yes. watched that movie, and, Psycho, that I don't, I don't remember. And Alfred Hitchcock, of course, created, directed, and all that. I did find that rather humorous that she would call him Norman. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that is funny. Because she kind of thinks the that. whole situation is a little crazy. Uh-huh. And when she says, have her home by 10. Oh, yeah. That whole. He sighs he and waves her off. It, yeah. yeah. But she is being the mother here. That is funny. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. So, next scene, we have Luke Steiner, and I love any scene that takes place in Luke's. Oh, yeah. I just do. So, Rory is sitting at the counter with Suki as um, Jackson comes in, and Suki's talking about selling something to her, and she can't believe that he won't, and he's accusing her of being small-minded, so par for the course for these two, because they just go at each other anytime they're near each other. She's going on and on about her stuffed fried squash blossoms being popular with customers, and he's all like, I know, and she's like, people come from all over to demand them. And he says, that's the point. And she <laughs> says, what'll you have, sir? Anything that comes with the stuffed fried squash blossoms. That's what I hear day in and day out. <laughs> and Jackson says, yeah, great, I know. But all I'm asking you is to try stuffing something a little different this time, huh? <laughs> and he holds up a zucchini. And she's like, a zucchini tush? You want me <laughs> to serve my customers a genetically engineered vegetable that's named after a butt? <laughs> and Jackson is like, hey, this is an all-natural vegetable hybrid that's perfectly safe, <laughs> yeah. completely delicious, and yes, it looks a little odd, but you can put it on the map. And she says, I want the blossoms. Yeah, anything that's fried sounds good to me, uh, but you wouldn't have squash, would you? <laughs> I don't like squash or at all. Sprouts, or Brussels sprouts. Or Brussels sprouts. I actually will only eat zucchini when it's cooked certain ways. <laughs> yeah, but I tell Jackson, he better tread lightly there, girl. She's going to stuff something. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to be squash. Well, he storms out. <laughs> And Suki sighs and she sits <laughs> down next to Rory. She never seems surprised about anything and says something about Jackson having invented a new veggie again. And she <laughs> says, too bad that bowling league didn't work out for him. And at that point, Lorelai comes in and she's carrying skates slung over her shoulder, ice skates. And Rory's asking, you know, where she found them. And she says, they were in that drawer with the roasting pans. <laughs> Once again, I'm like, the things, how things disappear on her and turn up in the strangest places in her house. And Rory just says, cool, it's normal. <laughs> Does that? 
idea of things getting lost in a house sound somewhat familiar to you, Mark? Yeah, I don't know how many times we've been looking for something, and our response is always, yeah, I guess the house ate something else, because it does tend to eat things around. It does. Unless you've got your eyeballs on it, it'll walk off in this house. I mean, I can see it one minute, and it is gone the next. I don't know why that is. This is the house that eats things that you look for. I'm telling you, it's weird. And it's funny, they found in the drawer, because they never cook. That's similar to us, too. Yeah, that is, that's us as well. We it's don't, it's we few don't do and much far cooking. between. We, I don't as much as I used to, but I, I do like to cook. Occasionally but. we'll cook, but a lot yeah. of the time we do eat out. Well, nowadays we go yeah. and get it and bring it home, you know, carry out. Because we try to maintain the safety and all yeah. that. So Suki says, ooh, skates. And Lorelai's like, Rory and I have a skating date. And Rory says, I'm Nancy Kerrigan. And Lorelai says, and I'm Tanya Harding. I'm going to do the whole shoelace coming untied, nervous break, let me start again act and everything. Yeah, that whole... <laughs> Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding situation. It's weird. I didn't know that figure skating was so competitive, but very. it's funny that it all started over that shoelace. I remember she wanted the redo. She wasn't going to make it, so she hired a Basically hitman. Basically, her boyfriend hired yeah, a hitman to break her knees. Yes, and I remember that. Why? Why? You know, video. I, okay, I've got to say something as a about kid, that. I remember seeing that, and I, I just thought at the time, I was appalled by how much people made fun of of Nancy Kerrigan saying, crying and saying, why, why? Yeah. And people so made fun of that. Yeah, I know. I remember and that. I thought that was like really inappropriate. She's the victim here, She's people. the injured one. Why are you making fun of her? Somebody comes up out of the blue and swipes you in the knees with a club and pretty much hurts your, your ruins your career. Yeah, basically. And you're crying and you horrible have a short pain. window. I believe I'd be saying, why, why also? Yeah, because she didn't know why anyone would do that to her. The I, Tanya movie with yeah, I kind of want to Mar- see that. Yeah, Margot Robbie. I definitely have that on my list to watch. Yeah, I want to see it. Because I'm wondering how they're going to slant that. Or <laughs> they got great reviews. Or is it going to be truthful? What I'd love to see is the Nancy Kerrigan movie. Yeah. Honestly, why the, Like I said, she's the victim. She's the victim. But that whole thing was a cluster. I, I know. I just have to say that. I just felt really bad for yeah. her. And especially bad people making fun of her. So Luke walks up and asks, when was the last time she'd put her skates on and she accuses him of stealing her fun? <laughs> <laughs> and he's asking if she knows if they even fit anymore. And she gives him a duh answer. Of course they fit. And he's pointing out how they look rusted just to shut him up. She says, can I just have some coffee, please? But he won't let it go. And he tells her to hand the skates to him so he can clean them and tighten the blades. So she gets really excited and asks him if he can make them really shine. And he just keeps holding his hand out and asking for the skates. <laughs> I love how he put her safety over anything. He wanted to make sure that, you yes. know, safety first. And that just, even though she was going out. That's even- our lid. Maybe taking Max with him, you know. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to make sure she was okay. She says, maybe add a couple of pom-poms. <laughs> and Luke's like, just hand them over. So she finally does that with a thank you. And Suki just says, you get really good service here. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, yeah, I do. And at that point, Suki's pager, it goes off. She's she, like, hello, Lorelai. Smack. Yeah, yeah. She wants to smack her, you know. She gets up to leave. Lorelai asks her if anything is wrong. But she just said that something about too much yeast, too little bowl. And Lorelai looks at Rory and she says, so I think I'm just going to go for it and wear the fur trim skating skirt. Pride be damned. <laughs> and Rory says, hey, what if we invite Max to go skating with us? And when Lorelai hears her use the word Max, she says Max. And she's kind of stumbles on his name a little bit. Taking like, it back, yeah. She was really taken off guard that Rory would call him Max. And Rory says, yes, he might like to go. And Lorelai wants to know when she started calling him Max. And Rory just says that when he picked Lorelai up for their date the other night, the two of them had agreed to find something else besides Mr. Medina when they're not in school. 
And she thinks it makes sense, so she's trying to get used to saying Max. Well, that's on Lorelai for having her answer the door and entertain Maybe. him. Maybe. As she took if, her sweet time to get if ready. Some, <laughs> if something's wrong with that, I yeah. Lorelai points out that they won't be seeing much of each other outside of school. And Rory says that she probably will, since the two of them are obsessed with each other. And Lorelai's like, yeah, well, I wouldn't say obsessed. And she's looking very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And Rory says, it's okay. And with all the guys she could be hanging around with, he seems like a good pick. And that she likes him. And Lorelai seems a little distracted. And Rory asks, you know, what about the skating thing? And Lorelai, still very distracted, has to ask her, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? And you can just tell that she's really preoccupied. So Rory asks her again if she thinks that Max would want to go. And Lorelai says something vague about her not thinking that he skates. And Rory's just being very persistent, though, and suggests that they can all do something else together. And Lorelai just says, yeah, good. Something else is good. I love something else. Yeah, this <laughs> ah. is just a little too fast for Lorelai because her face had that funny look on it. Yeah, it did. And mm. her saying, yeah, I love something else. Yeah, the, She's the, not digging this the idea. The switch was flipped. You know it's coming. Uh-huh, yeah. yes. So then we flash over to Lorelai's house again and the kettle is going off and it's her and Suki <laughs> there. And Suki asks how Lorelai's feet are. So apparently this is post-skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lorelai says, I don't know. They stopped talking to me. <laughs> and Suki says, what on earth were you thinking? And Lorelai's like, that I could still skate. And she's like, it's not like riding a bike, you know. And Lorelai says, now you tell me. She was thinking she was 16 again. I've been there. Oh, yeah, I have too. <laughs> and paid the consequences. I remember a year not that long ago when you and I thought that we could go roller skating. Oh, yeah. Because we used to roller skate like mad. I was great at it when I was, like, in junior high school. Yeah. And a little bit in high school, I fell all over myself. And I was like, I used to really be able to do this well. Well, after certain injuries, there's just you got to know your limitations, people. You certainly do. <laughs> so, cutting through the crap, you know, Suki says, no, Max. So, Lorelai has to admit no. And Suki asks if she's taking the night off. And Lorelai says that she doesn't see him every night. And Suki says he seems like a great guy. And Lorelai has to admit, well, of course he is. You know, but Suki catches on. And she says she doesn't sound very convincing. And Lorelai says he is a great guy for someone. And I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, for whoa. <laughs> yeah. For someone. For whom? Yes. Why is it suddenly for someone? Yeah. Because she was all excited about her date just like a night ago. She's bright checking. And Suki questions her on that like someone else. Yeah. And she says someone else who is not you although you're the person spending every waking hour with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Something so Suki, sketchy here. S- Suki's coming up with it here. Yeah. And Lorelai agrees and Suki asks her how long they've been dating at this point. <laughs> and Lorelai says why? And she says you're starting to seem a little cagey right now like she, <laughs> like she knows where Suki's going with this you know yeah. so Lorelai is acting a little cagey. And Suki says, two months you've been seeing him, right? And Lorelai says, point Suki. And she says, just right on schedule, that's all. And Lorelai says, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Suki says, this is about the time you start doing your little getaway dance. Two months, right on the nose, you're good. I'm thinking at that point, wow, Suki knows her well. There's definitely a pattern here. It's like when you're watching Cousin Vinny go down in flames and you're helpless to do anything about it. I've been there. I've seen people have destructive patterns and you're just helpless to search yourself and help with the situation. Well, obviously Suki has spotted her pattern with men. Two months and they're gone. Yeah. And Lorelai either loses interest or something happens. And you try to point it out Mm -hmm. to the person and they're oblivious. Right. What are you talking about? Well, this is Suki
Suki doing that very yeah. thing. And Lorelai says, I do not do a dance. Suki's like, you're cha-cha-cha-chinging <laughs> right now. And Lorelai's like, I'm not cha-cha-chinging. And she says, I'm being practical. She says, Rory is starting to get attached to Max and that's not good. <laughs> and Suki says, oh, Rory's getting attached to Max? She says, yes. And since I've decided that Max is probably not the guy for me, I think it's better that we break it off before she gets hurt. And Suki says, well, uh, that's practical. But then she asks if she can say something. Uh-oh. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know Suki's got something Tread going on in her head. Here, girl. And Lorelai says, of course you can. And Suki says, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Lorelai <laughs> says, stop that. And she says, living la vida loca. And she's like, Suki. And she's like, shake your bomb bon, shake your bon, bon. <laughs> <laughs> So Suki's using jokes to, to basically mm-hmm. get her point across. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a serious topic, but she's doing it in a cute way. And Lorelai says, hey, you will not stand there singing Ricky Martin mm-hmm. songs to me. This is not a pattern, okay? I'm not doing what I always do. This is not the same. And Suki says, actually, you're right. Usually you don't get so upset and defensive during the cha-cha mm-hmm. talk. Cha-cha-cha. And she says, you must really like this guy. Suki has her so nailed right here. I think that Suki has seen this so much before. And in the diner scene with Rory, Lorelai was getting the idea of how close Rory was getting to Max and it scared her. So I wonder if this has happened before, like Suki said. Oh, yeah. She's broken it off with guys because she didn't want Rory getting attached and getting hurt. Then again, maybe that's just an excuse because she knows that they're not the right guy. Not a guy who maybe, say, wears backwards baseball cap that she's known for years. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Yeah, certain man in plaid would be the better choice, I believe. At least in my view. Yeah, she's definitely living La Vida Loca here. <laughs> because, I uh, agree with Suki. Be- because, well, Max inserted himself way too fast here. He did. And he came on pretty strong. This is a little bit out of the ordinary. I don't think she's that fast with other men. So she's really pumping hard on the well, brakes here. Well, according to Suki's uh, assessment, you know, yeah. assessment, she's done this before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many two, times. Two months and done. Peg you know? that guy, the ear so, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai must really want to deflect this pretty bad. So she says to Suki, when did you become the relationship expert? You haven't been in a relationship in years. Oh. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, that and was harsh. Suki looks really sad and Lorelai realizes what she said, but I thought that was such a snarky kind of thing to say to Suki, but she seems to realize her mistake immediately though, because she says, wow. Yeah. She says zero to jackass in 3.2 seconds. And Suki's like, that's all right. Your, your feet hurt. Mm-mm. So, you know, Suki's trying to let her out of it yeah and Lorelai's like no it isn't it's never ever okay for me to talk to you like that I'm so so sorry please honey and Suki says I understand really you know it's not like I don't want a relationship and Lorelai's I know I didn't mean anything by it and Suki's all kind of down now which I'm thinking great going Lorelai you know yeah and she says it's just it's hard with my hours I'm always at the inn or at the market or at the hospital <laughs> I thought yeah. that was funny the hospital, the hospital definitely the hospital because she's having to get her various ailments yeah. fixed she's on you know? injury reserve most of the time. And Lorelai's like, please forgive me. Do you want to sing some more Ricky Martin to me? <laughs> she says, you know, you can. You can. You know, I deserve it. Yeah. And Suki quietly says, she's into superstition. Yeah, here's a little beat. Black cats, voodoo dolls. <laughs> and then louder, she goes, I've got a premonition. This girl's going to make me fall. Yeah. And she Im- imitates guitar tunes. You, you know, know, when they showed Lorelai's face, the tears in her eyes. Yeah. That was some 
good acting right there. Oh, yeah. Because you could tell the regret. You could just feel it. Oh, yeah. How she hurt her friend. Lauren Graham is yeah. excellent at saying so much with just her eyes and her face. I mean, honestly, really. Yeah. We are now at Chilton, and the first thing, of course, that you see is Tristan talking to some guy, and he says he's heard that Paris Geller's dad got a second family in Paris. <laughs> yeah. And Rory is walking by. She overhears it. She just keeps walking. She's rolling her eyes. But this is the first hint that maybe there's a real reason why Paris, you know, is so driven and always so intense and even angry a lot of the time. Things are not good at home. Probably have not been good at home for a while. If the divorce is making such headlines everywhere. Oh, they're referring to it compared to Rick James and the Hugh Grant incidents and we're not going to get into that but if you want to look those up, this is nowhere near that scandalous. No. But if they're equating it to that, it's got to be pretty bad. Right. So I feel Ro- bad for Paris. I do too. So Roy runs into Max Medina in the hallway and they seem a tad awkward or at least he does. He's telling her he enjoyed her paper on Dickinson and her saying that she had fun writing it and Max said her fun showed in the paper. She says thanks, you know, she starts to walk off but he stops her and he seems like he's about to say something but then he doesn't a never mind type comment but then he says actually I just wanted to see if Laura and he stops and he kind of looks around him and he says if your mom is coming to parents day and Rory's like oh well and he's because I'm just trying to get an accurate number of parents who are coming you know for the cookie count and then he sighs and tells her to forget about it. But Rory says she's coming. And he seems kind of relieved and says he hasn't heard from her in a while. But Rory reiterates she's coming. He says, well, good. And Rory tells him to put them down for four cookies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here again... I completely understand where Max is coming from. Lorelai is obviously starting to ghost him. Honestly, he's making the wrong choice by trying to get intel from Rory at this point. It's not fair to Rory. It's not really the most adult and mature way to handle it. So this is kind of the second time he's done something like that through Rory that I just didn't think was the right move. Yeah, I kind of equated that to the answering machine episode at the end of that episode. It wasn't appropriate to use Rory to get to her mom like that but I kind of side with Max on this I do a little too, bit because little, yeah. he was hesitant and reluctant you could tell to do it at this point he's desperate this kind of sets up a trend with Lorelai that we see in later seasons where she doesn't really break up with people she just kind of disappears on them yeah well you know I don't know like I said I felt bad for Max I, I almost wanted to speaking of cookies I almost wanted to give him a Scooby snack <laughs> you know kind of as a you know lift of spirits here you a go bit. Max go Max good boy good boy yeah but yeah I felt I felt bad for him at first I was like "Eh," but then I was like I could see his point I mean I do too I mean if if nobody likes to get ghosted no I mean I guess if that's the only way you can get information yeah I don't know if it was the right thing but Roy let him off easy she's like she'll be here you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) she knew you know he was like tortured over it yeah so back at Lorelai's house she is cleaning out the fridge, telling Rory they have two slices of pizza from Tuesday. And Rory's like, last Tuesday? <laughs> Lorelai's like, the Tuesday in the not-so-distant past. And Rory just tells her to toss it and then asks if she remembers Paris Geller. And Lorelai says something about, oh, your very best friend in the whole world. And Rory tells her that apparently her parents are in a major divorce and then all the sort of details are in the newspaper, like Mark said earlier. Yeah. You know, like Rick, James, and Hugh Grant. Um, Which is in Lor- no way. No, yeah, no. <laughs> this is that. not, no. Uh-uh. Look that up, people. You'll not, thank me. Not 
not even on the same playing field. Yeah. So Lorelai asks if she, you know, if she was anyone else in the entire universe, I might feel bad for her. And Rory, surprisingly, but maybe not surprisingly, says, actually, I kind of do feel bad for her. She says the whole school's talking about it, and the weird thing is that the whole dynamics there has changed for me. And Lorelai's like, really? How so? And she says, well, Madeline and Louise, Paris's best friends, they said hello to me the other day. And both of them kind of sit down and start munching on cold fries together. And Lorelai says, really? Like a normal hello? Not like a here's Johnny kind of hello? And Rory says, normal and friendly, no acts. And Lorelai's like, wow, you're the new Heather. Yeah, that was a shout out to the shining Stephen King. The axe part, yeah. yeah. Lorelai says, wow, you're the new Heather. And Rory says, I guess. You got me into that movie. The Heathers? Yeah, Winona and yeah. Uh, Christian... Slater, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just love that movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's that, great. that's an old one. Oldie but a goodie. Check that out. Yep. <laughs> so Lorelai pulls out a new pizza box and says this was the Tuesday p- mystery pizza. The one she threw away was fine, but Roy says, you know, don't do it. And she says, well, it's in the box. And Roy <laughs> says, Oscar. And Lorelai says, Felix. Oh, there's and, the odd And Roy says, <laughs> forget it. And Ro- Lorelai says, fine. So, yeah. Yeah, the odd couple there. Yeah, Oscar that's the odd and Felix, yeah. Yeah. So Roy asked her how Swan's Way by Proust is coming along since she'd borrowed it from Matt. And Lorelai says she finished it. And Rory's like, you're kidding. It took me forever to read that. I had to renew it ten times. Lorelai says the first sentence. I finished the first sentence. She says, yeah, it's just, I'm so swamped right now. You know, it's <laughs> it's the totally wrong time to start reading the longest book known to man. Hey, maybe you could give it back to Max for me. And Rory tells her to bring it with her tomorrow to Parents' Day. And Lorelai suddenly says, you know, despite what she'd said on Friday dinner, that she's not sure she'll be able to come. She says that she uh-huh. has that thing at the end. She thought she could get away, but now she can't. And Rory's like, what thing? She says, the thing, the end thing. And Rory's, what end thing? You know, and Rory says, no, I don't. And she says, the thing at the end, the flags and the little Mm -hmm. men and the peanuts, the thing. (laughs) And Rory's like, little men? (laughs) And Lorelai says, forget it. It's not important. I just don't think I can go. Yeah. So after all that, she asks her again if she'll give the book back to Max. That would be great. But Rory asks, why doesn't she just give it back next time she sees him? So Rory's not letting this go. And finally, Lorelai admits she's getting a little bit upset that she's not sure when that would be and he needs his book back. <laughs> and Rory says she sees him all the time. And she says, Lorelai seems to be getting a little impatient at this point. And she just drops the book on the table and says, Rory, could you just give it back to him, okay? This book is becoming like yeah. the symbolic relationship metaphorical yeah. I'm giving my relationship back to you <laughs> yeah. give to him no yeah. this this book is the relationship yeah <laughs> So, Rory's quick, and she asks if they're breaking up. Yeah. And Lorelai pulls a Lorelai of avoidance and asks what she's talking about. And Rory says, well, he hasn't heard from you, and now you're asking me to give him the book back. And Lorelai says, how do you know he hasn't heard from me? <laughs> and Rory says he wanted to know if you were going to be a parent's day, and then he mentioned that you guys hadn't talked lately. She has her ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Lorelai says he shouldn't be asking you about me, which I right, agree. Right, And Rory says, why are you breaking up with him? She says, because it's not working out. And Rory says, but you seem so happy. And Lorelai just says it's not right. And Rory's like, is that why she's not coming to Barrett's Day? And Lorelai pulls a Bo Callahan and says, no, <laughs> she can't come because of that thing at the end. So she's doing a Bo Callahan from draft day yeah. and she's doubling down on the lie. Yeah. So Rory says, that's crap and you know it. And at this point, she's starting to get upset. She says, there is no thing at the end. You're avoiding Mr. Medina and you're trying to lie to me and you promised you would go. And hey, you do whatever you want. I don't care. Just leave me out of it and give him the book back yourself. And Rory goes to 
her room and slams the door. I would almost say I agree with Rory here because she is being put in the middle from both sides. Oh, yeah. At least Lorelai does end up handling this herself. I gotta later. give mad respect and props to Rory on this one for calling Lorelai out on her BS. You her know. avoidance. Yeah, she's acting like a child. Yeah, and she make, really kind of is. And Rory's making her face her problems. But it got me thinking, Rory tends to do this. I was wondering if it's Lorelai's example that influences Rory's actions at times. Maybe. She tends to do that too Well, later. I mean, you always look to your authority figures on how to behave. Even though she's vehemently against it mm-hmm. for her mother to do it, she ends up doing the same thing. You always tend to make the same mistakes that your parents do. Yeah, I can. At least it's certain instances. Attest to that. I can too. <laughs> sadly. Um, yeah, sadly. We're now at Chilton, and apparently it is Parents' Day, and Lorelai is trying to catch up to Rory in the hall, telling her, not so fast, not so fast, and Rory reminds her that the bell just rang, and Lorelai says that before she takes another step, tell me you like me, and Rory just says, Lorelai bugs her, and uh, Lorelai says that she'll take that as a yes, and she will handle her max issues herself. So, after having it pointed out to her, or realizing it herself, Lorelai eventually always does come around and no knows that she needs to handle... She came to her senses. Yeah, she comes to her senses or she realizes that she's wrong. So she, at least she has one up on Max on this because she is going to confront Max head on even though at first she did everything she could to wiggle out of it. I doubt Bo Callahan would have done that. No, (laughs) Bo would not have been a stand-up guy. (laughs) No. So they're on their way to Roy's locker and they see Paris and her mother arguing at Paris' locker. Paris is telling her mother that she can't just leave now and she's like, Mom, please. And Paris is asking her to please just come to her lit class. And her mom says this place gives her a headache. Then she starts examining Paris's face and asking if she's breaking out and saying she must not have been using the cleanser. The doctor prescribed it for a reason. And Paris is like, just lit class. And her mom is like, Paris, with everything I have going on right now, the last thing I need to do is face a bunch of bored people who are gossiping about me. I'll see you later at home. Use that cover sticker I got you. And <laughs> Paris just gives a big sigh. And I have to say, in this moment, I have a new feeling for Paris and just feel really kind of bad for her. She obviously has reasons to act the way she does. We just never knew what they were. Yeah, you know? definitely. I'm going to tell on myself here. <laughs> I mean, we both like Saved by the Bell. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I grew up with Saved by the Bell and another show, Beverly Hills 90210. And I don't know if you knew it, but Paris's mom is played by Ann Gillespie. She played Jackie, Jenny Garth Kelly's mom yes. on 90210. I recognized her immediately because, like I said, that's one of my guilty pleasures, right? I guess, is 90210. Well, so while we're on the subject, before this next scene commences, this might be a good time for us to do the spotlight for this episode. You mean on Miss Geller? Yes. (laughs) So we're spotlighting Liza Wheel. Yes, Liza Wheel. Who plays Paris Geller. Well, let's get started. She's a Jersey girl. As I said, numerous cast members on Gilmore Girls are from New York or New Jersey, respectively. She is a Columbia University alum. No, so not Yale. No, no. Not Harvard. No, no. She didn't go that route. (laughs) As a child, she toured Europe with her parents, Mark and Lisa. If you had said Mark and Shannon, I was going to die. I was, I gave you a little pause there to make you say, Shannon, oh no. No, unfortunately not. She toured with their comedy troupe, the Madhouse Company of London, Mm. and early on she was an aspiring archaeologist due to her crush on Harrison Ford. Ah, As I we love mentioned it. earlier, in the Indiana Indiana Jones films, her first appearance was on the soap As the World Turns. Funny enough, as a student in a science class. Wow. Yeah, she's best known for her role, of course, on the Gilmore Girls, but originally she was considered for the role of Rory. Really? Yeah, and Paris' character was created for her after Alexis Bledel, of course, got the role. They must have liked her enough to keep her around. Yep. Solid. 
lot of potential. Liza worked on ER, The West Wing. Oh, I didn't know that. 11th Hour, CSI, In Plain Sight, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Scandal, wow. and Anyone But Me. She has also been in films including Whatever, Dragonfly, The Missing Person, Smiley, and Stir of Echoes alongside Kevin Bacon. And wow. Who hasn't worked with Kevin Bacon? Wow. <laughs> we always say I know, that. right? We joke about that. The Kevin Bacon Syndrome. <laughs> yes. She's active and involved with the American Diabetes Association, charity mm. work. Liza was married to Paul Adelstein and had a daughter named Josephine Elizabeth Will Adelstein. She recently dated her How to Get Away with Murder co-star Charlie Weber. She enjoys performing in radio dramas and live theater when not working. She's also worked with the Paladinos three times. Wow. As Truly Stone sister Millie on Bunheads. Well, if they like somebody, they really stick yeah. to their people, don't they? You mentioned the that they're faithful to their cast members. Yes. Oh, yeah. And she most recently was Carol Keane on The Marvelous Miss Maisel. All right, I have some fun facts for you. Okay. I'm rounding this hit up. Me. Hit me with it. She's left-handed and a natural brunette. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I, can't, I cannot imagine I can't her picture, as a brunette. Yeah, I can't no. picture Paris as a brunette. No. <laughs> She's the aunt of child actress Scarlett Estevez, who okay. plays Trixie Espinosa on Lucifer. Oh, you're kidding. Lieutenant Douche's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that show, too. She's acted with every member of her family. Wow. In fact, during the third season finale of Gilmore Girls, her younger sister, Samantha, was the Chilton student Bernadette, making her video yearbook entry, much to the dismay of an impatient Paris. Oh, wow. Remember, she's like, move it along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. So there we have it. She's an interesting person. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've re- I had done a little bit of reading about her beforehand, back at the beginning of the show, before we'd begun to do the podcast even, and I'd turned up some interesting information just about her personality, you know, she's she's actually quite shy. Yeah, we've you touched, know, we've on, touched that, on that before, yeah. but... I love me some Paris now. I, I love Paris too. <laughs> I see why they created that for her. Yeah. She's great at it. She is great at it, but she, you wouldn't think somebody shy... And once again... ...could do this, but there you go. Method actor, different, mm-hmm. totally different than her character. If you're a good actor, you you yeah. can you can pull off something that's totally different than what you are. Yep. So yeah, we've just seen the scene where Lorelai and Rory have overheard the Paris and discussion with her mom, and Lorelai says, "I bet I'm looking pretty good to you right now." And Rory says, "Yes, you are." She's in- <laughs> Hmm, so what's first? Wait, don't tell me. And Rory says, English lit with Mr. Max Matina. <laughs> Lorelai says, okay, see, I told you not to tell me. And uh, she says, Mr. Medina's class, huh? And Rory says, the fancy book owner himself. <laughs> and Lorelai says, how does first annual mother-daughter ditch day sound? <laughs> right off the bat right, yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, so the next scene, we're actually in Mr. Medina's class. He's just kind of talking about how on Monday they're going to be starting a two-week creative writing exercise, but they'll keep reading. He starts uh, waxing eloquent about one of the greatest inspirations for working writers is the writing of others that they admire. Walt Whitman read Homer, Dante Shakespeare, and the novelist Edna O'Brien has been quoted as saying that every writer should read some Proust every day. <laughs> now, at this point, normally, you know, I would impress pulling out a copy of Proust's Swan's Way and reading a particularly difficult passage, but alas, you're all saved. I have misplaced my copy. I thought, yeah, of course, he hasn't misplaced it. That's the book the Lord I borrowed. So I thought it was kind of ironic that he would bother to bring that up except to get under her skin. So <laughs> yeah. Lorelai tells Rory she's going to go talk 
talk to Max after Vlas is broken up, and she should go on. And once they're alone, they greet each other a bit awkwardly, and she tells him she's been pretty busy, and he says that he figured so, and, you know, she immediately starts to give him the book back. But he tells her just to keep it. And she dithers around a little bit, saying that she liked it, but then she liked the first 20 pages. Then she got busy and didn't need it. Then she tries to give it to him again. He finally just comes right out with it and asks her, what's going on? And she tries to be flippant, and she talks about not realizing a book whose first sentence is 20 pages long being for her and he tells her that he's left her four messages and she says she's been meaning to call him and he wants to know what's been keeping her from it and she's like I don't know things and she's like sorry and he's like sorry and she's like that I didn't call and so here and she tries to give him the book again and he says why do you keep on trying to give me this book and she says because it's yours <laughs> and he says there's something going on here that I need to know about or that I don't know about and she says yeah uh, I hate Proust no nah, that book's there yeah relationship and Going back and forth. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I was saying. And he just says her name to get her attention, but she's already dodging. And she's saying, you know, Rory's waiting on her, and she tries to give him the book again. And he finally says, wait a minute. Oh, my God. I cannot believe what an <laughs> idiot I am. Here it is. He says, you're breaking up with me, aren't you? Boom. And she says, I don't know. He says, not only are you breaking up with me, you're doing it really badly. And she says, am I being graded? <laughs> that was Is this funny. a test? <laughs> yeah. And he says, no, I'm a little disappointed. I would have expected a better dumping from you. Yeah, more and inventive. She, she tells him, you know, nobody's dumping anyone. And he's saying, well, what is this then? And she just tells him that she needs some space. No, nah, that's a kiss of death right there. Right. And he <laughs> says, well, I don't. He said, in fact, I want as little space as possible. 100 clowns crammed into a Volkswagen. That's the kind of non-space I'm talking about. That's interesting that he would use that phrasing. I wonder if uh, the Paladinos wrote that in for him or he mentioned it to them or vice versa or whatever because as I mentioned in my profile on Scott Cohen, he was a professional clown and did in fact work as a circus clown for a time before. Right, I could... right, right. I remember that now. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I yeah. wonder I wonder if they gave him some ad lib there yeah. to, for, to do. But she finally says that it's not working. But he's not letting her wiggle out of it and he says it was working well the other night and she she says, look, it is what I've been trying to tell you all along. This is a family. Rory and I, you <laughs> walked into a family, but you weren't listening, and now she's getting attached and I'm afraid she's going to get hurt. And he says, so your solution to all of this is to not return my phone calls. And she says, it just took me a while to figure things out, and it all came clear when I realized how much we could hurt Rory. And he says, don't you mean how much we could hurt Lorelai? <laughs> and I think he thinks he's being clever here, but yeah. I truly believe it was all about Rory and how attached Lorelai is seeing Rory getting to him and how that could end up hurting her. Yeah, he thought he... But then again, I may be misjudging him and he may actually think that he's onto something there. He thought he made a killing point, struck at the root of the cause, but... Not that I don't think this is hurting Lorelai because she told Suki that she does really like him. It definitely is, but she puts Rory above any relationship. Oh, of course. So he's trying to skate around that issue. I think my issue with Max is I think he really, really does have genuine, deep interest in Lorelai, but he does does not mind kind of skating right over Rory to get to that's, her. That's what I said. That's the only problem that I have with him. Speaking of skating, but all I, the skating going on. <laughs> I, li- I like him as a person, though. He's intelligent. Yeah. He's handsome. You know, he's attractive. He's yes. a fun guy. Definitely a lot of skating and going on. And I do around think that on she. On this episode. <laughs> yeah. 
I do think that she genuinely does like him, but that she's afraid for Rory. Just follow me here. The books, the relationship, and they're skating around it. See? The yeah, skates, yeah, yeah. the book. I'm just putting it all together here, folks. So, Lorelai <laughs> tells him that she can take care of herself. And he's just confused and says he thought that they agreed that Rory could handle it. And Lorelai says, well, maybe she can and maybe she can't, but I'm not ready to find out. And to me, that's that's it. Yeah. Right there. That's bottom line. Yeah, bottom line. Boom. Bottom line. And he tells her he's not going to let her get off that easily. And she responds that there's nothing he can do about it. He's like, yes, there is. And they banter back and forth about that for a couple minutes, doing, you know, a bet I can, bet you can't type thing until she finally <laughs> says to him, what are we in high school? Well, I, know, I mean, I know we are in a high school. Yes, you are. And but... he, he just tells her, <laughs> This is not her. And she basically tells him he doesn't know everything about her. And he says, I guess not. Because I would have thought that blaming this all on Rory and giving me these lame apologies was weak, pathetic, and beneath you. Mm. Okay, now, he's starting to get ticked. And yeah. when he does, a little bit of... He's getting a little teed. A little bit of Mad Max yeah, comes out. Yeah, a little teed. Yeah, a little bit of teed. Yeah. And uh, this ticks her off, honestly. And I kind of think she might have had a right to be because she's not just using this as an excuse. And that may be a tiny part of it that, you know, but the main issue to her is her sensing Rory's growing attachment to him yeah. and being worried. And so this makes her mad. And she says, just take the book. And he says, you've missed me. And she says, stop it. And he says, I know you did. You're missing me right now, aren't you? <laughs> and she just kind of sighs and he tells her, answer me. She says, look, class is over. And he says, well, we're back in session. <laughs> And she says, well, I didn't raise my hand, so don't call on me. <laughs> she says, I came here to give you this book back. Please take it. He says, I swear to God, if you try to give me that book one more time. <laughs> and at that point, they kiss. Just as Paris is walking by and sees them through the classroom window. Of course. Now, I do have to give props to him for being persistent and pursuing, but also some takeaway points for coming off a bit too aggressive for my taste. Yeah. I get it, though. He really likes her. He thinks that he's got her figured out but he may have a small point tiny part of this being her own fear but I truly do believe the larger part being her fear for Rory but here he shows that he's not above using Rory to get what he wants. He's definitely got the cojones you know there but I'll tell you what else uh, Chilton has what? The corridors have Paris's. <laughs> you know, like yes. the hills have eyes. The hills have eyes. And the, the corridors have Paris's yes. and they tell all. He's definitely kind of weaseled back in because he got the kiss yeah. out of her. Now, I don't know how that's going to end there, but That was just we'll the see. tension building up. Yeah. So now we're in the cafeteria and the place is like really noisy and gets even more so as Paris walks from table to table talking to people. And Tristan walks by Rory and makes a kiss sound at her, but before you can even react to that, Paris walks up to Rory and she asks Paris what's going on. And Paris tells her everyone's talking about Mr. Medina's at being seen kissing a mom. Okay, follow me here. Okay. This reminds me of Greece. The drive-in. Frenchie just finds out that Rizzo's pregnant. Oh, Or okay. supposedly pregnant. And she comes up to Sonny and then she tells Sonny and he goes to the first car and says, Rizzo got a bun in the oven. Oh, yeah. And Rizzo's walking casually. and before Past the cars. Yeah, and before she gets to Kanicki, he's already heard and he's approaching her and then he confronts her on it. She goes, good news really travels fast and that's the same thing <laughs> that's happened that, here that rory says tristan kisses in the air before paris even gets there oh yeah i and didn't she, even put that together uh, yeah, and she's like wow good news really travels fast i did not even put that together it just clicked with me i thought he was doing the kissy thing just because he's always no, he already knew. Time. he already knew he knew and he knew it was her mom yeah and it was a kiss. oh my gosh i thought he was just doing his weird that was flirting. his way of telling her i know before oh paris gosh. even got there well quite naturally rory is a little surprised. So, did I do well on that? 
You did do well. <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back. Would you like a Mac snack? Yeah, I want a Scooby snack. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Rory is a little surprised and wary to hear this because, you know, she realized what mom, Paris, is probably talking about. But Paris says, and the weird thing is, she looks a lot like your mom. Yeah. Well, Rory tries to play dumb at first, but Paris keeps pushing. This is just and she says, in the, yeah. in the womb. And she says, your mom, Mr. Medina, mouths open. I saw them. How's the coleslaw? Good? Yeah. <laughs> And she walks away. About that time, Lorelai walks in and asks if Rory saved her any jello. Uh-huh. And Rory just gets up and starts leaving. She saved some. And Lorelai follows after her, asking, you know, what's going on? And they get to the stairwell, and Rory confronts her about kissing Max and asking if it's true. And when Lorelai admits that it's true, Rory just pops off Uh-oh. and says, what the hell is wrong with you? She says, I don't know. And Rory said, you were breaking up with him. She says, I was. She says, I know I told you to be nice to him, but this was a little extreme don't you think? <laughs> and Lorelai says it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> and she says, Paris saw you. It's all over the school. Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, oh God, oh Rory, I'm so sorry. I really am. See, this is exactly why I didn't want to date him. She said, you didn't want to date him so you wouldn't come to my school and kiss him and humiliate me? <laughs> and Lorelai says, yes, that's exactly it. And Rory's like, why would you do this? And Lorelai's like, because I'm human, because I screwed up, I'm sorry. So Rory says if she likes him so much, then why she breaking up with them. And Lorelai says she broke rules when she brought him into their lives and she realizes that that was a bad idea. And Rory asks her why. And Lorelai's like, why? Because we are standing in this stairwell yelling at each other. That's why. (laughs) Because it's affecting you. It's seeping into your life. And that is the whole reason I made these rules in the first place is to protect you. And Rory says, you know what? Maybe it was a good idea that you hid your personal life from me when I was a kid. But I'm not a kid anymore. She says, no, you're not. You're a 40-year-old divorcee. My mistake. (laughs) And she says, I can't believe you're blaming this on me. And Lorelai's like, I'm not blaming you. She said, you made these stupid rules years ago about the way that Gilmore women would run their lives, and now you're sticking to them even though they're crazy. She says, oh, hey, my crazy stupid rules are the reason we're doing so good in our lives. They're the reason you grew up the way you did. The reason you're even in this school, and the reason you're going to go to Harvard. So, don't you dismiss my rules. And Rory says, fine, great. Well, maybe it's time for the rules to change. And Lorelai's like, uh, yes, well, that's for me to figure out, not you. And Rory says, great. Fine. Well, could you figure it out before French class? Because I'd rather you didn't start making out with Mrs. Collins. And she says, hey, no promises until I see what she looks like. I found this scene to be a little sad, but a tad funny. I think it's funny because of their banter and the things that they say, because they're they're really good at just kind of popping off of that dialogue. But I also thought that it was sad because you rarely see them argue to this level. So it was a little sad to see that, but I suppose it is natural. I think it's funny because she's been playing this whole, I'm the daughter scroll the whole episode. But now when now, she's busted mm, yeah. and, you know, she's humiliated her daughter now she wants to play the mom card and I'm gonna make these rules and tout the rules to you. Yeah, I'm I'm on Rory's side on this one. Well, on the flip side of that, Rory has been all, don't break up with Mr. Medina, don't break up with Mr. Medina. Now all of a sudden she's changing her tune because now it has involved her and she's set out in front of the entire school. Now she's wanting to be mad at Lorelai's rules. Well, that's the whole conflict here because she was doing it to protect Rory but she ended up messing up because she did break up with, you know, up front. She went around skating around it again. So, I mean, for me, I almost feel like they're both at fault a little bit. but it's funny to tout the rules now. So, we're in front of the Gilmore house now. I guess they're about to go into Friday night dinner and Lorelai says, look, let's just (laughs) refrain from fighting in front of the grandmother, okay? It's the last thing she needs. Yeah. (laughs) 
And uh, Rory says that's fine with her. Yeah. And Lorelai's like, that's the last thing yeah. I need is a confrontation with my mother. But she may as well have not have bothered yeah. to wish that because as soon as Emily opens the door. News travels fast. Yeah. Grease, huh? Emily says, Rory, go upstairs now, please. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. We're having it out. Yep. That's it. And Rory asks if everything is okay, and Emily just says, she has to talk to Lorelai and please go upstairs. And she even uses the now Rory on her, which is very unusual, because she's always been so sweet to Rory. She doesn't use that kind of language on Rory. So, as she's walking into the living room, Emily says, Lorelai, come here. And this just makes me think of her mom acting like she's eight years old or something <laughs> instead of a grown woman. I really didn't kind of like the way she started she's this pulling off. pulling her out on the carpet there. And, uh, yeah, she really kind of is. <laughs> and Lorelai says, gee, mom, did I do something wrong? <laughs> and Emily says, I try to understand you. I truly do. But sometimes your behavior baffles me beyond belief. <laughs> and Lorelai says, and which behavior is this? And Emily's like, do you have no shame? Uh-uh. And Lorelai's like, is that intended as a rhetorical question? Or... <laughs> and Emily says, Rory goes to school in that place. She has a reputation to protect. You're her mother. She has a rep to protect. <laughs> and Lorelai starts to say, how did you... Emily's like, you're supposed to shield her from shame, not it. That's Grease too, but uh-huh. a rep to protect. Yeah, and she says kissing a teacher in a classroom on Parents' Day. And Lorelai's like, well, they wanted us to get more involved with the school. <laughs> That's it, right there. And Emily says, are you insane? And she says, no, but you are if you think I'm discussing this with you. And Emily says, when she heard, she almost fainted. And Lorelai asks how she found out. And of course, Emily has friends there, the headmaster's wife, for one. And she tells Lorelai the entire school is talking about her, and she wonders how she's supposed to defend this. And Lorelai tells her it was just a mistake. And Emily says, a mistake? A mistake? Is that what you call it? A mistake? And Lorelai says, well, I tried to call it Al, but it would only answer to mistake. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. It's a reference to that Paul Simon song, you know? Yeah. And if you haven't seen the video. If you be my bodyguard, yeah, I'll be Go your check that out. Because I remember that uh, Chevy Chase was dancing in it. Was oh, funny. yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was that, acting That was clown. a great song. Great video. Yeah. And Emily just keeps going on. And she says, a mistake is when you throw out your credit card bill. A mistake is when you forget to RSVP to a dinner. A mistake is when the gardener is missed trash day and the barrels are full for a week. This, my girl, was not a mistake. Do you even know this man? <laughs> and Laurel was like, oh, no, this is the first time I'd seen him and I don't know. There was just something about the way he held the chalk and... <laughs> now, when Emily says, this my girl, she's throwing off some Richard vibes. Well, I don't know if it's Richard or got it from Emily or Emily got it from Richard, but I have heard Richard say, this my girl, you know, before. I, I don't know what episode, what season, but I have heard that before. And I, I just to. wonder who came up with it, or is it just a Gilmore thing? I don't know. So Emily says, this is not the time for your jokes. And Lorelai says, yes, I knew him. I've been dating him. And Emily said, why on earth would you date Rory's teacher? And Lorelai says, that's none of your business. And she's like it most certainly is and Lorelai says how do you figure that <laughs> and I was thinking myself the same exact thing what makes Emily think that it's any of her business or that Lorelai should have to answer to her about her adult choices I, I mean that was my first thought well she wants to be the mother I, of Rory you know yeah. I don't know. but Emily does follow up by saying when it affects her comes to her granddaughter yeah. and it affects her granddaughter it becomes her business there it is and Lorelai simply says she doesn't want to talk about this with her and but Emily isn't having it and she keeps on she's like I just want to know 
what you were thinking. What was the reasoning? How on earth did you justify it to yourself? And she says, Max is a great guy, an amazing guy. He's smart. He's sweet. She starts to get teary at this point. And she says, he cooks. And Emily says, so you decided to kiss him in your daughter's school. And she says, no, I decided to break up with him in my daughter's school. And the kissing part just happened. And she says, you always let your emotions get in the way. That's the problem with you, Lorelai. You mm. don't think. She says, he's just a man, Lorelai. And she says, no, he's not. And Emily says, oh, so what are you telling me? That this was all worth it because he was the love of your life? That this was the man for you? And she just says, I don't know, but he might have been. And then she excuses herself and leaves the room, you know, because she's had enough at that point. Yeah, you know? I would have too. Yeah. So then we're in the children cafeteria again. So I guess it's the next day. And Rory is sitting at a table and then Paris, Louise, and Madeline walk up behind her. And Louise throws the first dart by saying something, telling everyone he wouldn't date a teacher. And Paris says, I wish my mom would sleep with my teacher. It would make midterms a lot easier. Oh, there's a shade there. Yeah, so at this point, Rory has had enough. She slams her book closed, stands up, and turns to them, and she asks Madeline Lu and Louise to excuse her in Paris a moment. And Louise is like, ooh, cat tight. <laughs> and Rory's like, just go. Okay. You know, and at that point, when they're alone, Paris gives her a mean girl smile and says, you're not going to kiss me, are you? <laughs> And Rory just asks her, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and Paris is like, nothing, I'm great. Yeah. Then Rory goes off on this fantastic but quietly spoken rant. And she says... You know what that was, though? What? The attention's off me now. Uh-huh. That's why. Well, she admits as yeah. much in just a minute. Rory says, you've just spent the past two weeks with all of your family's private problems printed in the newspaper for everyone to read and talk about. I saw how you walked around here. I saw how much you hated it. And then you turn around and pull something like this? Doesn't that seem crazy to you? Do you have any idea how many people you've hurt? Forget me and my mom. What about Mr. Medina? He likes you. He encourages you. He holds up your papers and tells the class how great you are. And then you turn around and spread stories about him? She said, whatever. Forget it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. And then she starts getting her stuff together and starting to leave. And Paris says, I do like Mr. Medina. And Roy says, well, you know, I'd take some dance lessons because the way you expressed yourself needs a little work. Paris says, I probably shouldn't have told people what I saw. And Roy says, no, you shouldn't have. And she says, I'm sorry. Things have been, well, not good lately. And Roy says, I know. And Paris just says, I just didn't want them talking about me anymore. That's it. Yep, there you go. Boom. And Roy says, well, it worked. And she <laughs> says, you know, if you want to talk. And Paris says, hey, we are not friends. And Roy says, oh, I know that. <laughs> but if you ever do want to talk, she says, I will if I want to. And, of course, you know, Paris has to put another caveat on that and say she probably won't, though. And Rory tells her it's fine. But then she says if she does. And Rory <laughs> just says she'll be around. And they say bye to each other. But just as Paris is starting to leave, she turns back around and re-emphasizes that she doubts that she will. And Rory says, I'm not holding my breath. And she sighs and leaves. <laughs> and I thought that was a very interesting conversation. I personally think this was a great conversation. Because I see a real thawing going on here between the two of them that I like. Yeah. Is there a budding frenemyship building here? Yes, I think there <laughs> might be. And that's good because the, these are both two characters that I really like. Yeah. So I would much rather see them on the same side, at least a little bit. I think I'd just harness bit. that energy. Yes, for channel good. it for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. So tell them what they could accomplish. Right. <laughs> So now we're in the Independence Inn's kitchen, and Jackson comes in and drops a box of squash blossoms on the counter. <laughs> and he says, there. Fry them up, Siggy. Squash blossoms. All <laughs> large enough for you to stuff and fry up and serve yeah. to the desensitized masses who just want <laughs> what they know. Hurrah! Mediocrity wins again. Suki sounds and looks very surprised at how kind of ferocious he is about this. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really funny. And he says, you know what? I'm not even going to charge you for these. I'm not going to profit off the death of creativity. I 
I would rather starve myself than know that my food was paid for by the lowered expectations of the American public. He turns around and starts to leave. Yeah, he's done. And Suki says, Jackson? And he says, what? And she says, would you like to go to dinner sometime with me? And he says, okay. And she says, okay. <laughs> and then he leaves and Suki's smiling. Yeah. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. I think that her conversation with Lorelai earlier when Lorelai said that one kind of mean thing to her might have spurred her into doing something about her lack of a love life. What do you think? Yeah, she was stagnant for a long time and that kind of yeah. just woke up to the reality that, yeah, I haven't been in a relationship. And, you know, they're fighting, ranting, and it's like they're flirting, much similar to Luke and Lorelai's banter. That just, Yes, very similar. That just shook Jackson to the core because he, he was out of left field. He wasn't expecting that. Yeah, he just goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and walks off bewildered. You could tell he's walking off like, yes. scratching his head kind of. What just happened? Yeah, and this is halfway through season one, and we have yet to see Suki with anyone, yeah. so this will be kind of interesting. Yeah. All right, so the next scene takes place in a coffee shop in Hartford. Max is sitting at the counter drinking up a coffee. Is that the same coffee shop that's the last confrontation they had? It is indeed. Okay. <laughs> so Lorelai walks in, and she says, Hey, mister, want to buy a really nice copy of Proust? Oh, God. And he asks how she's doing, and she jokes and says, mm, well, you know, you? He says, well, you know it also. <laughs> so they're both just trying to get yeah. through it. And she says the Parents' Day thing is fun, and he says, yeah, it was a big hit this year. And <laughs> she takes that opportunity to finally clue him in on why she reacted the way she did. And she says, look, the other day, we were going skating, and Rory said, why don't we invite Max to come along with us? And that was just a little weird for me. And Max says, me too. I don't skate. <laughs> I'm yeah, he like, does. He skates around the issue. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Lorelai says, she's never really referred to anyone I've dated by their first name before. She says, I always kept her out of that part of my life. So it was like the mustache guy, the earring guy, the peg leg guy. <laughs> and Max is like, oh, so you have a thing for pirates. So <laughs> I thought that was a funny comeback. But, you know, a lot of mothers won't even let their kids meet their guys until they know that it's super serious. And, you know, Lorelai kind of took a middle of the road approach. So I can see where Rory getting close and Max kind of pushing his way in might be be a little fast and far for Lorelai. He was very assertive and his motives were tricksy little hobbitses. You know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lorelai says, you know, she never called anyone by their name before she likes you. She likes us. So my mind instantly went to, oh my God, what if we break up? She'll be crushed. And then my next thought was, oh my God, what if we break up? I'll be crushed. And then, you know, all hell broke loose. She's freaked out. She's sorry. She never meant to hurt Max like that. You know, she's not very good at this and he could just ask Skippy. You know, of course, he He's clueless about the hamster story. And he tells her that he was called into the headmaster's office that day. And she says, let me guess. He put his arm around you and said, I don't understand why you crazy kids can't just work this out. And Max said, he said that I was jeopardizing my career and future at Chilton. And he said, at first I was incensed and outraged and how dare you. And then I realized that he was right. You know, what happened the other day was completely unprofessional. I never in my life would have considered pulling off something like this. He should have fired me. Yeah, I just wonder what everybody thinks. Let us know. Do you think he should have been fired? I'm going to take the road of being a little bit of a romantic and I like reading stories where there's like a student parent romance in them so I don't think he should have been fired but I will give him props for now recognizing that maybe he might have thought this through a little bit more and maybe taken a little bit slower perhaps well I think he should have at least paid some stupid tax because he was smart enough to close that door but he didn't pull the blind down no see that <laughs> that's the thing come on you gotta cover your bases people. yeah I mean maybe 
maybe if he had been in his taking it slower, he would have thought to do that. Yeah. Or maybe he would have thought, we don't do this on the property. Or maybe he wasn't expecting a kiss. I don't know what's going on here. Well, he was part of that kiss. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. But Lorelai points out that, he, you know, he didn't. Max said the word probation had been tossed around quite a bit. And she apologizes to him, and he, he admits he's the one who started the kiss. And Lorelai responds and says, and I'm the one that knocked it up to NC-17. <laughs> and Max admits that, you know, he didn't think their arrangement was going to get so complicated. He admits she told him that it would be, but he didn't want to listen. So, I mean, granted, he's being self-aware here, and I like that about him. So, uh, Lorelai says, it's not your fault. If I hadn't acted like a two-year-old and tried to run away and pretend that you weren't what you are to me, then we wouldn't have fought. You know, we wouldn't have kissed. I wouldn't have humiliated my daughter, and the whole thing would have been fine. And Max says, I do not know what to do here. I've never been in a relationship like this before. I'm not thinking straight. She says, I know me either. And he says, that was a great kiss. And she says, beyond great. <laughs> you know, so she, she's really liking it. And Max's like, well, maybe we need to just take a little time away from each other. I get where he's coming from. I do kind of wonder why is he taking this route? Because he was so insistent that they be together. You know, repeatedly. Over and over. In many, multiple episodes and whatever. Is he just doing this to reel her in? Or does he really believe it? Was the threat of being fired and the word probation? Yeah. Is that, has that truly made him afraid enough to back off a it little? definitely had a lot to do with this conversation with Headmaster Charleston. But he should have had more self-control in the situation. Yeah. But. I mean, I, I kind of agree he was afraid of being fired. Although, he, like I said, he probably should have been less inclined to pursue her so hard without that eventuality being thought through a little bit. It seems out of character now for him to be backing down, though. Yeah. I do still think that maybe if they had taken it slow and come up with rules and established rules, like yeah. we're not going to do anything on the property of Chilton. Yeah, the status quo changed when they got found yes. out. Yes. Maybe so. if they hadn't have done that... And if they had taken things a little bit slower with Rory, it wouldn't have scared her so much. You if, know, they, it, if they hadn't been found yeah. out, he'd be business as usual. Yeah. Come on now. So Lorelai's starting to look a little upset at this point when she says, okay, you know, to the space. And he says he knows, but it's just to figure out how to do this thing so it's not so hard. And Lorelai says, you know, he's right, but admits she really likes him. And he says he really likes her too. So as much as we both, you and I both kind of gave Max a bit of a hard time in prior episodes he's been in i did feel bad for him here yeah i did feel a little bad for him like i said i was gonna give him the scooby snack but uh <laughs> yeah he's kind of put himself in that situation though yeah so. he he did a little bit but they both did yeah I, like i said They're both it's, it's all about yeah. the, it's all about the speed of the situation if they had just taken a little bit slower it might not have culminated to this boiling point yeah. so quickly he definitely pressed too hard and he wasn't aware of where yeah. what he was doing that could have been inappropriate yeah maybe he would have rethought his whole agenda yeah <laughs> so approach yeah. in the next scene we are at Lorelai and Rory's house again and Rory is just arriving home and yelling for her mom and she can't find her downstairs so she goes upstairs and she finds Lorelai lying on her bed crying and immediately everything that's happened up to this point forgotten Rory just lays down beside her in the bed and hugs her and strokes her hair and I just thought this was such a sweet scene yet again between these two they fought but the minute that one needs the other they let it go and immediately move into comfort mode and i just really i love that about their relationship yes this is the second scene with lorelei and you know the first was with uh richard in yeah the hospital yes the this was her with roy the scene so much was said without being said yes i tend to like the unspoken scenes i don't i guess it's a I tribute to too. their acting abilities yes 
But yes. they convey a lot without saying a word. And oh, I, Alexis Bledel, both of them did a great job in that scene. Yep. So, uh, do we have a Scott Patterson podcast update? Uh, well, yes, we do. Because that was, sorry, I should have said that was the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, you caught me off guard there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is titled Hamsters Can't Laugh, which we know Sk- poor Skippy. Had Scott made a shout out to Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moratorium there. Yeah. Uh, Scott didn't. Want to be right, right off the bat, but everything's burning, and he told you so. (laughs) That's how I put it. He touched on the whole role reversal, which we did as well, situation of Lorelai and Rory. They were definitely several scenes in which these lines were blurred, so to speak. Scott's guest was Mara Wilson of Matilda. Miss Doubtfire? Yes, Miss Doubtfire. She's a self-professed Gilmore Girls superfan. However, that was not always the case. He's getting some very interesting guests. Yes. I must say. I don't know where he's coming up. He's just grabbing them out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that wasn't always the case. You might say she was a bit of a hostile streamer. Really? Yeah. She thought she was too much of a tomboy to relate to the show. And see, that just goes to show everybody can relate to this show. Exactly, because it was at the persistence of her brother, John, that brought her into the fold, much like we are trying to do with our family. John, we salute you, sir. <laughs> In fact, her sister wants to re watch Gilmore Girls from the beginning. So to that I say, join us. Right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It can be quite addictive, the show. I will Uh, say It is. It's very addictive. Let me just say, Mara was a wonderful guest and a great interview. Some of the standouts were, that I found, were she was Team Luke and Lorelai all the way. Thank you, Mara. (laughs) She's anti-Max. Let me tell you why. He reminds her of Mr. H, her ninth grade teacher, which she called a jerk. Oh, wow. Girl, I think we all have one or more of them. <laughs> you know, I what? wouldn't think he was a bad teacher. He seems to be a very good teacher, actually. Well, that was not her opinion. But she, it's all in perception. Yeah. Everybody's perception is different. Yeah. Perspectives are what they are. But she was impressed by the acting prowess of Kelly Bishop. Oh, who in isn't? This, in this show, who particularly. Isn't? Yes. Like, we've already said that. I, I believe we said that in the last one. I say it almost every episode. She's amazing. Fabulous. She believes Rory would have made a great therapist because of her personality and how she handled Paris. You know, that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. She liked Dean in the beginning, but thought Jess was a little snot like us. (laughs) But she thought Logan was a dangerous guy to be involved with. Huh. Yeah. I don't see that. I'll let you listen to that. Of course, we're nowhere near meeting any of these other two guys yet. Yeah, I'll I'll let you listen to that whole segment and you decide that people but she loves the witty banner of the show it's like popcorn to her oh she just I'll, eats it up. i love it too that's what that's what hooked me yeah and this is what i found touching when edward herman died she said out loud oh no grandpa died oh yeah. how sad and yeah. sweet i, I kind of felt the same way kind of oh my gosh now this was funny to me scott felt max was just training wheels for lorelei until oh, she agreed. was until she was ready to ride the loot bike. <laughs> now now Oh, I've gotta laugh at that. That is that's awesome. Great imagery there, Scott. That's scorched on my retinas for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see that in my mind's eye. Yeah. That's not always a good thing though. Okay, moving on to Rapid Fire. Yeah. Uh, Mara can smell snow. Oh, awesome. She was teen Dean when he was younger. Okay. Teen Jess as he's grown older interesting and no logan 
<laughs> she we, was never a Logan no, fan. No. She, you know, like I said, he's dangerous <laughs> for some reason. I will say this. I was team all three of them at one point or another. Yeah. But I definitely did have one that edged them all out in the end. Yeah. And I'm not going to reveal it until we get there. And he always, Scott always asks, who's the daddy? And we get some very interesting answers to Oh, yeah, this. yeah. Who did she think She the said, is? unfortunately, she thinks it's Logan. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we knew that was coming. All right, moving on. Danielle, one of the co-hosts of Scott's podcast, uh-huh. is obsessed with this creepy clown pillow. I know you don't. I know you have mixed <laughs> feelings about this. You don't like it, right? Uh, no, I'm not a big fan of the creepy, creepy clown. And yes, indeed, it was not only spotted, but clocked by her at 13.55. She, yeah, she timestamped it. Oh, my God. Scott thinks there's something to this, and he wants all time codes. He thinks it's kind of like a Da Vinci clown code going on here. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's just a glitch in the Matrix myself. We'll see. But (laughs) Scott is definitely beginning to believe, (laughs) as the Matrix would say. Is he copping any feelings yet? Uh, (laughs) I don't know about that. Any Luke feelings for Lorelai? Uh, no, I didn't no. hear any of that. Uh, but it it always seeps out. You know, they're like I said, they're more alike than they want to admit to. Oh, so we're moving on to the. Pop. He's not going to admit it until Luke does. Oh no, we're moving on to the pop culture segment with Riley. Now there was a debate going on over the "Here's Johnny" reference. Yeah, and I have to come to the defense of Riley on this one. They owe her an apology because. She was correct. It was indeed The Shining because the context that they were asking for. Roy replies back to Lorelai, it was a friendly hello. No axe. And as we know, in The Shining, he busts through the door with an axe. So she was correct. And I understood that. And Lorelai that, even said the, the words, here's Johnny. Yeah, yeah. But I understand they were saying that it was taken from Ed McMahon. No. Here's Johnny. By the way, I'm still looking for my no, millions. Jack Nick- you know, from Johnny. Jack Nicholson actually says that line in the movie, doesn't he? Yes. When he busts in well, with the axe? they took it from... He took it from Ed McMahon. Of course. But, anyways, I just hope that clears up the issue. I get that it came from the Johnny Carson show, Here's Johnny. Ed yes, McMahon. of course. And, like I said, I'm still waiting for my million dollar check from the... From Ed McMahon. Yeah. Yeah, from, I, yeah where's that been? From the... Uh, Family Publishers I've been, wait, I've been waiting on it for 20 years, but it seems to have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting fact from the podcast. Scott's mother allowed him to go see The Exorcist with oh friends, gosh. which scared him green, as he put it. That was going back to your point where you were kind of upset with my mother taking me to go see these movies. Damien, The Exorcist. <laughs> you touched on that earlier. Yeah. Not too happy with that, are you? I, I just... He's, yeah. That's where I get my affinity <laughs> for horror movies. But not to that level. You won't have them in the house. But No, uh, no. And, I've got a rule about that. And one, one last thing. They were kind of ribbing Scott, and he really enjoyed it. There is indeed a Rune in our future episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love we love it. Rune. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a love-to-hate thing there. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the episode I have. All right. So, let's get down to our lore lines for the episode. What was your lore line? I have to go with, well, they wanted us to get more involved with the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lorelai t- saying to Yeah, about the kids. About the kids and the school yeah. family. Uh, my Loreline for the week is, well, I tried to call it Al, but it would only answer to mistake. <laughs> yeah. Same scene, just yeah, different yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So what was your Rory for the week, for like this I, episode? That like is? I said, I have a thing for these nonverbal, unspoken, spoken scenes at the end of the episode when Rory comforts Lorelai in the bed. Yeah, that was one of my shout outs. Yeah. 
uh, was that scene because of that very reason. Also want to give an honorable mention to the scene with Suki where Suki calls Lorelai out of her dating pattern. Oh yeah. I thought that was really good and once again showing how intuitive and such a good friend that Suki is to Lorelai. But my main Rory scene was between Paris and Rory in the cafeteria when I sensed the thaw. Yeah. And I think that bodes well for the future and I'm looking forward to seeing it. What was your Emily? I have to go with when Lorelai pops off on Suki about her lack of relationships. Yes. So my Rory and my Emily are the same scene, <laughs> okay. but different pieces of the scene. Yeah. So my Rory was the nice part of the yeah. scene. And my Emily is the same exact moment when Lorelai pops off <laughs> at Suki and basically asks her what would she know about dating considering all the relationships that she hasn't had. <laughs> So, I will give an honorable mention, though, to the scene where Emily treats Lorelai like she's eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. it's funny that you said pop off, because we both said pop off several times in this episode, and we've been watching Never Have I Ever, you know, when yes. Fabiola pops, pops off. off. Yeah, and I think that's just in our minds. Yeah. <laughs> space right so, what's your rating for this episode? I will have to give it a four out of five hollow stars, because Richard and Michelle and... Well, Lane was mentioned, but they were all MIA, and Luke was scarce, but I did like the decision to pump the brakes on the whole Max and Lorelai relationship, as well as the budding Roy and Paris frenemyship. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to break precedent, and I'm going to call this a 3.5 out of 5. I know you don't like halves, but I'm going to give it a 3.5. It's not quite low enough to be just an average show. I couldn't get you the 4. But, um... <laughs> I missed Richard, Michelle, and Lane. That's what I said. Um, and I realize that not everybody can be crammed into every episode, no, no. but I did miss that. But Key uh, elements there, though. Overall, though, there were definitely scenes that I liked, but nothing really gripped me as much as most episodes do. It was definitely an episode I would watch again, and I really enjoyed it, like I always do every episode. It just wasn't, it didn't have that extra punch that really gets me in my feels. I got you. So, but I did love it. All in all, I'd rewatch it. Oh, yes. Yeah, very definitely. enjoyable. Yes. Just a different, it's a drastic change from the previous episode. I will say that. Yeah. So that is it for this one, guys. Thank you for hanging with us for episode 11. Thank you once again to Jana for her wonderful email. We appreciated that so much. We're not worthy. We're, We're not, not worthy. worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. And if you don't know where that comes from, then we must be really old and you guys really young. <laughs> So go watch Wayne's World. That's where that comes from. All you got to do is Google We're Not Worthy. It'd probably come oh, up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it would. YouTube, Wayne's Mike World. Myer, Mike Myers. We're Not and, Worthy. And uh, Dana Carvey. Yeah. Yep. So, party um, on, people. Party on, excellent. guys. We will. <laughs> we uh, an excellent show. We did, yeah. <laughs> so we will talk to you again next time. So get ready to Ready, Set, Stream, Season 1, Episode 12. See ya. See ya. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. 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 Bye.